Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series, in the book of James, with this message entitled, Absolutely Dead Faith, preached September the 15th, 2013. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to James chapter 2, verse 14. Absolutely dead faith. And as I preach, you examine yourself and see whether you have living faith or dead faith. And command your mind to pay attention to what God himself is speaking to you. James speaks of dead faith and living faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Saving faith, friends, is not just agreement with the facts of the Bible. It is not just cognition and conviction. It is commitment. It is confidence in the Savior, Jesus Christ. It is reliance Upon him forever and ever. And repentance is essential for saving faith. In Acts 20 verse 21 we read, I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance And have faith in our Lord Jesus. Saving faith is always working faith. Faith that saves us produces good works. Which is the fruit of the spirit. Obedience to our Lord Jesus Christ is never optional. It is a tragedy that there are theologians who contradict these biblical truths. The New Testament church consisted of true believers and false believers from the beginning. James deals with this issue, especially in chapter 2, 14 through 26. Absolutely dead faith produces no fruit, no obedience of faith. So teach John the Baptist, Jesus, Paul, James, Peter, John, And others. They asked John the Baptist. What should we do then? John answered the man with two tunics. Should share with him who has none. And the one who has food should do the same. And Jesus said in Luke 6 and verse 46, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not obey what I say? 
And Jesus said in Matthew 7, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evil doers. Their faith was absolutely dead faith. And Paul says in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And that's not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works. So that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So James says in chapter 2 verse 17, in the same way faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by deeds, is dead. And Peter said, 1 Peter 2.12, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. And St. John, the apostle in his first epistle, chapter 3, says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. This saving faith, friends, is not self-generated. True repentance and faith are gifts of God received by those who are born of God. So James said in chapter 1 verse 18, He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. And James 2 verse 1, My brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, And James 2 verse 5, listen, my dear brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? And St. Paul tells us he received apostleship to call the Gentiles to the obedience of faith. Romans 1 verse 5, through him and for his name's sake we received grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. 
Or Romans 15 verse 18, I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done. And Romans 16, 19, everyone has heard about your obedience, so I am full of joy over you. Everyone has heard about your obedience. The faith of Simon Magus was patently bogus. Acts 8 verse 13, Simon himself believed and was baptized. In Acts 8, 20 through 23, Peter answered, May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Each believer is to examine himself to see whether he is in the faith. 2 Corinthians 13.5 St. Peter exhorts us to make our calling and election sure. Rocky soil Christians and thorny soil Christians do not produce fruit because they are just temporary believers like Judas and Demas. Grace that justifies by faith also sanctifies us by faith. Paul opposed legalism that says salvation is based on the works of the law. James opposes antinomianism which says that obedience is not necessary for believers. Friends, the truth is that there are only two masters. There's a book called Absolutely Free. I disagree with him because no one is absolutely free. There are only two masters. Either one obeys Jesus Christ or the devil. True believers who confessed Jesus is Lord by the Holy Spirit live by the obedience of faith delightfully. The church of Jesus Christ is called to be holy and blameless. And Jesus Christ makes her holy and blameless. And we are told, without holiness, no one is able to see the Lord when he comes again. So, point number one, verse 14. James tells us that faith, apart from good works, is worthless. 
worthless faith. Useless, he said. In chapter 1 verse 26, Matthias, worthless. Chapter 2 verse 14, it is non-saving faith. Can such faith save him? What is the answer, sir? No. Now think about it. Ask yourself. Chapter 2, 17 and 26. Absolutely dead faith. That is faith without works. And he says, chapter 2, verse 19. It is the demonic faith. Let me tell you, the evangelical world today is infested with this deadly plague of the dead faith of antinomianism. So in chapter 2 verse 14, James asks two questions. First, if a person claims, that should tell you it is not true faith. If a person claims to have faith, And not have good works of obedience. Of what use is it? Tito or fellows. What use is it? What's the answer? No use. Useless. Worthless. Dead. Ask yourself. Can his faith save him? That is the second question. Save him when he is judged on the last day. On the basis of mercy. As we read in chapter 2 verse 12 and 13. Those who fail to show mercy will be judged without mercy. Blessed are the merciful. For they will be shown mercy. And merciful are those who love their neighbors. Those who are rich in good works. Friends, saving faith evidences itself in good works. In love that fulfills the law. In 1 Corinthians 7.19 we read this circumcision is nothing. And uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's commands is what counts. A faith that does not love, does not show mercy to one's brothers and sisters, is a non-saving, rootless, false faith. It is powerless to save. True saving faith of the heart is the root from which comes the fruit of good works for all to see. Jesus is the vine and true believers are the branches vitally united to the vine. That's what saving faith Branches that produce fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. The branch, a believer, that does not bear fruit, is cut out 
thrown out, dried up, gathered up to be burned up. So Jesus said, Matthew 7, 19, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And Jesus said in John 15, verse 2 and 6, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Faith, which is the concomitant of regeneration, cannot exist in a believer apart from good works. Galatians 5, 6. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith working through love. And First Thessalonians 1 verse 3. We continually remember before our God and Father your work. Produced by faith. Your labor prompted by love and your endurance. Inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Professor John Murray says, The faith that does not work is not the faith that justifies. James already exhorted us to be doers of the word in chapter 1 verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. He characterized true believers as those who love God. James 1 verse 12, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And how do we love God? By keeping his commandments. True faith that works is in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. And God, we are told, has chosen the poor to be rich in faith, to inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him. Friends, James is not teaching faith instead of works, or works instead of faith, or works above faith. But James is teaching saving faith, a gift of God producing good works. Ephesians 4.28 says, he who has been stealing must steal no longer. But must work doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. He was a thief. But God saved him, now he gives. That's true conversion, transformation. 
Jesus cursed the fruitless fig tree to illustrate what would happen on the judgment day to fruitless Christians. The head of the church who knows our hearts wants the fruitless Christians in the words of Revelation 2 and 16. Repent! Therefore, otherwise, I will soon come to you and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. And number two, chapter 2, 15 and 16. In chapter 2, 15 and 16, James illustrates the kind of good works as he has already done in chapter 1 verse 27 when he said true religion authentic religion takes care of orphans and widows now James asks a third question here you see a brother or sister that's fellow believers members of the church family They have not sufficient clothing to keep them warm. They lack daily food. You see them in their need. They stand in front of you. But you have no compassion. You are annoyed at them. They are like pests to be rid of. So you to get rid of them... As they do to beggars in the streets of Jerusalem. By speaking to them mockingly and hypocritically. Go in peace. Go in peace. God bless you. I'll be praying for you. Don't worry. Be happy. Be well clothed and well fed. But do not give them the necessities of life. Food and clothing and money. This is the third question. What does it profit? What is the answer? Nothing. 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 Other than it proves your faith is absolutely dead. Such a person is a fake Christian. He has no fruit of love. Christians must love one another. James says in chapter 3 verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life. By deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. And he says in chapter 3 verse 17, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit. And in James, wisdom may be standing for Holy Spirit, wisdom from above. In Acts chapter 2, 44 and 45, all the believers were together and had everything in common. 
selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. This lack of love was evident also in the Corinthian church. They came on the Sabbath day for the agape feast which ended with Holy Communion. And the rich people came and they ate well and they got drunk. The poor slaves came and they had nothing. You read 1 Corinthians 11, 17 through 22. And Paul said, you come together not for the better but for the worse. This is why for this reason many of you are weak and sick and many fall asleep. Don't you know God gives us daily bread generally through others, especially fellow believers. In this church, we provide the basic necessities of life to those who lack them for whatever reasons. Zacchaeus, the publican who was truly saved, he expressed his true faith by giving to the poor half Of all his properties. Without anyone. Demanding that. He do so. And Jesus said this. For I was hungry. You gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. And you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger. And you invited me. I needed clothes. And you clothed me. I was sick. And you looked after me. I was in prison. And you came to visit me. And the true people of God said, uh, when did we see that? That you were naked in prison. You were hungry and so on. The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. So, number three in verse 17 Pastor James gives a concluding proposition. In the same way faith by itself unaccompanied by good works is what sir? Dead! 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 It is a dead faith, non-saving faith, worthless faith, fruitless faith, self-generated faith, mental ascent faith, antinomian faith. It is the mega church faith. Cheap faith of cheap grace. It is not living, active, trusting, penitent, persevering, saving, obedient faith. It is not a divine gift faith. You see the faith by which we trust God is a gift. Philippians 1.29 For it has been granted to you. It has been given you as a gift. Two things. On behalf of Christ not only to believe on him but also to suffer for him. This divine gift, faith, always produces good works. Yet our good works are God's works. 
So Philippians 2, 12 and 13, Therefore, my dear friends, you have always obeyed not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For, because it is God who works in you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. Hebrews 11 tells us that by faith the people of God always obeyed the will of God. Say so, let me read to you Hebrews 11, 17 through 19. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Faith that rests in God works for God's glory and for our everlasting joy. Number four. Now in chapter 2 verse 18 and 19, James refutes the silly argument that faith and works may exist separately One without the other. But he says faith without works is sheer intellectualism. It is what we call dead orthodoxy. It is mental ascent faith. Not fiducia. Faith that commits oneself to Christ. It is not believing in N in Greek, in Christ, into ace in Greek, in Christ, into Christ, it is not resting upon epi, upon Christ. And works without faith is nothing but social action. It is liberation theology and the theology of liberalism. Paul speaks of such in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 3. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. It is ecumenicalism that rejects true apostolic doctrine. James demands, therefore, show me your faith apart from good works. What he means is, there is no such thing. It is an impossibility. There is no such thing. James is sarcastic. But he says, but I will show you by my good works, my faith. Good works make manifest true faith. For others to see that they may believe in Christ. Matthew 5.16 In the same way let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven. 
proof of saving faith is love that works. It is not either or. Either faith or works. It is faith that works. Trust and obey. You believe God is one. The unity of the Godhead. You are orthodox. You believe in the authority of the Bible. You agree to everything the Bible says is true. You believe in the gospel. As we read in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day according to the scriptures. And he appeared. Christ died for our sins and raised for our justification. Orthodoxy. You also believe in the orthodox and reformed creeds, confessions and catechisms of the church? Good for you, says James. But it does not save you. Dead orthodoxy. Absolutely dead. Cannot save you. But it does not save you. If you are telling me you are orthodox, I agree. You are as orthodox as the demons are. The demons believe in the Bible, but they only have a mental ascent faith. So they are not saved. In other words, your mental ascent non-saving faith is like the faith of the devil. Just a verbal profession. That does not reach the heart. In spite of their faith, demons remain demons. Destined to go to hell, where also go humans who have faith without works. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Saving faith, friends, is not just an intellectual acceptance of a theological proposition. Mental assent to Christian creed without Christian conduct will save neither humans or demons. So James uses a reductio ad absurdum argument. By saying even the demons believe and what? Tremble. An argument mocking the autonomous antinomians of his day. Unlike the antinomian Christians of today, the demons not only believe, but they also tremble. Every day they tremble. As they ponder the prospect of their coming judgment. So we read in Matthew 8.29. What do you want with the son of God? Legion demons cried out. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? They know there is an appointed time. And they are going to be 
tortured forever. Most evangelicals who are deliberately antinomians do not even tremble. They are worse than the demons. Because demons not only believe but tremble. The day is coming. They'll be told by the Lord Jesus. Depart from me you lawless ones. Friends you are not absolutely free. You are absolutely dead. So my counsel to those who have dead faith repent. And truly believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today. And you will be truly saved. Paul says first to those in Damascus. Then to those in Jerusalem. And in all Judea and to the Gentiles. Also I preached that they should repent and turn to God. And prove their repentance by their deeds. Friends. Don't go to stupid church. That doesn't preach the word. Always be part of a gospel preaching church. As set forth in Romans. Such churches are rare and hard to find. As rare as Micaiah and Jeremiah. False prophets and false churches are many. They entertain you. And you will never experience the conviction of sin and the comfort of salvation. They say peace, peace, when there is only divine judgment. I say to you what Jeremiah said in chapter 6 verse 16. Listen to what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. And ask where the good way is. And walk in it. And you shall find rest for your souls. Amen.